Hello everyone and welcome back to the One Man Renegade Podcast and this is chapter 25 but it's Movie Ranks for 2016 Part 2. If you missed the first part, go back right now. Stop this right now. Just stop it. Stop. Press that stop button and go back. Or pause button I guess it would be. But go back after that. Go back to the, the page with the podcast and see the one before that that says chapter 24. In Movie Ranks Part 1, 2016 Movie Ranks Part 1. Listen to that one first and then come to this. If you already have listened to that, then welcome back. Um, So, yeah, so we're continuing the list of the Movie Ranks for 2016. Of the 50 movies I saw, I ranked them all from 50 to 1. Um, Last episode we did 50 to 41. Today's episode... We're going to do uh, 40 through 31, and we're going to continue until we're at act one. And, um, you know, eventually we'll be joined by some friends. But I explained all this stuff in the last episode. So, again, if you haven't listened to that one, go stop. Hit the stop button. Go go back and listen to that one. Come back. Then listen to this. You know, it only makes sense. And uh, just to give a little bit of a warning, which I forgot to do at the beginning of the last episode, spoiler alert. Now, I'm not going to go in and give the ending of the movies away. I'm just kind of reviewing them on a general broad scale. So, try not to give too much in terms of spoilers. But there probably will be some. So, just a little bit of a warning on that. If you want nothing, you want to know nothing, you want to go in. If you want to go in fresh, like, like, uh, well, <laughs> who was that in Seinfeld? It was, uh, Frank, uh, Frank Costanza. He's like, I don't want to know anything. And they're talking about, uh. Some movie, I forget. I forget what movie it was that they were talking about. Um, and uh, they're having dinner with... Oh, whatever. I'm not going to go into Seinfeld. If you know Seinfeld, you know what, what I'm talking about. I want to be fresh. That's nothing to do with plot. I don't care. I don't know. All right, so anyways. All right, here we go. Um, so, yeah, we did 50 through 41 last time. If you know, I'm not going to go through them again. You can, you can go back and listen to them. Um, I'll do a recap probably at the end. But for now, if you want to hear... What those were, go back and listen to the last episode. So now we're going to start at number 40. Um, this movie came out on March 11th, um, 2016. It opened to $2.3 million. Uh, did 6.8 total. It's a Sony film. 37% at uh, Rotten Tomato. 44 Metacritic, 6.2 IMDb, B+, plus on the Cinescore, and I did not see it in theaters. Um, I was busy seeing a different movie that day, if I remember correctly. Um, let, me, let me just look real quick. Yep, I was seeing a different movie, which will be on the list later. Uh, that same day that that movie came out. Uh, this one is The Brothers Grimsley. Grimsby. Brothers Grimsby. Um, it stars uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and the dude from that other thing that I used that watched that one time. That I forget the name of it. And I forget his name. So there you go. Some other English dude. There you go. And they're brothers, but like they have been estranged. And basically, he's a CIA or Interpool or something like that or whatever. Secret agent type of guy. And then he finds out and blows his cover, sort of. And Sasha Baron Cohen finds out and blows his cover. And then they have to work together to do something. I don't even remember. Uh, there's a scene with elephants that's pretty ridiculous, um, not to ruin anything. Um, yeah, I don't know, it wasn't amazing, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen is, is pretty, <sighs> he can be polarizing to a lot of people, I don't 
I don't tend to care for him that much. Borat was funny, um, but his Ali G stuff and Bruno terrible. Um, that whole show was weird. Borat was the best part of it, obviously. Uh, you know he's pretty he's pretty funny in um, uh, Talladega Nights, but in terms of Will Ferrell movies, that's not my favorite. Not not at all. Uh, I don't know whatever else he's been in, but. You know, this isn't the Sasha Baron Cohen uh, podcast. Uh, that will come later. No, I'm just joking. That will never happen. Or probably won't ever happen. Um, I wouldn't see in any way that actually happened. Um, but anyways, like I was saying a minute ago, uh, this movie is not great. The scene, with, the scene with the elephants is totally absurd and ridiculous. Um, that's all I will say about that. I will not talk any more about this. This is the PG show. All right, tried to make it a PG show. Uh, this is an R-rated movie by by far. Um, but yeah, go check it out if you like English people speaking in English languages. English, I guess, would be the one. <laughs> but like with English accents, I guess is what I was trying to get at. Um, talking about football, and but then it's like not football; it's soccer, so it gets confusing. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Go check it out if you want to. It's number 40 on my list, so it's not the worst, it's not the best. Alright, moving on. Number 39. Now, number 39 was Invincible Studios. It didn't actually get a theatrical release. It was in some... I think it was it was it was in um, some uh, festivals, and I, I think it might have might have played at a few places, but it never like was really released released. Um, although it has a release date of September second, I don't know exactly what that means, but it it's on Netflix now. I know that um, did twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, twenty three Metacritic, four point three. Uh, IMDb, it didn't get a Cinescore, I did not see it in theaters, and it is Yoga Hogers, yeah, Yoga Hosers, uh, Kevin Smith, uh, directed this film, um, so this is the second movie of three that he's supposedly supposed to make, um, called, like, the Northern Trilogy, because they all take place in Canada, um, the first one was called, uh, Tusk, it was about a man that made Justin Long into a walrus. Yeah, it was weird. This one is, uh, it's kind of Clerks-y-ish. Surprise, surprise. Um, so Johnny Depp's daughter and Kevin Smith's daughter are these high school teenagers that work at a convenience store. And they're trying to throw a party, but then... They open up some sort of dimension or something. I don't know. And then there's like Nazis and bratwursts. It's weird. It's weird. There are some funny bits in it. Um, Johnny Depp's in it. Um, as um, Gila Point. Is that his name? Something like that. He's like a French-Canadian... Uh, Detective or something like that. He was actually in the Tusk also. Yeah, also. And then they're supposed to do Moose Jaws um, at some point, uh, which is basically Jaws but with a moose in Canada. So, 
that could be interesting. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not much to say about it. You know, it's it's no it's no Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Although, where it is, they're gonna do a sequel or a reboot, as he says, uh, to that. But who knows if that actually happens? Because he was supposed to do Clerk Three, that never happened. It's supposed to be Mallrats Two, that's never happened. So we'll see if this actually ends up happening. But whatever, um, that will be next year, maybe or two years. I don't know. Who knows if that actually ends up happening? So. Here we go, Yoga Hosers. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. It's worth it's worth checking out, I guess. Um, didn't have much expectations for it, so the fact that it was okay, you know, makes it better on the list. Um, you know, even though it, you know scores aren't great and it wasn't amazing. But speaking of not amazing uh, and disappointing, and why did it happen? Um, Number 38 on my list. Uh, it came out right in the middle of the blockbuster summertime. Uh, it uh, was released on uh, July 15th. It did $46 million opening weekend. It did $128 million overall, which is pretty good. Um, uh, it did 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60 on uh, on Metacritic, five, but five point, only 5.4 on IMDb. It got a B plus, no, it got a B, yeah, B plus on um, CineScore, and I did not see it in theaters, because I refused to see it in theaters, because it is blasphemy, and not because it's women. No, 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 I'm not going to go that route. Ghostbusters, no, it's blasphemy because it didn't need to be remade. Um, you know, there's a long history with this film, dating back to who knows when, because forever in a day they were trying to get bill murray to sign on to do ghostbusters 3 and he just didn't want to do it and eventually harold ramus died and it was never going to happen so obviously they could go couple they could try to do a reboot which ultimately they did and they twisted it up and did the women which is fine um because they were talking about doing a, ma- a male version of it too which uh ended up not, not happening or i don't that, but then they were talking about doing both, and then eventually it would cross over or something. But I don't, I don't think that's happening anymore because, as far as I know, they were supposed to they, they were supposed to do a sequel to this, and it got canned. So, um, you know, there are some funny bits in it. All all the Ghostbusters from the previous movies are in it to some degree. Obviously, Hal Ramis is dead, but they make reference to him. Um, Bill Murray's in it. Briefly, Dan Aykroyd's in it briefly, Ernie Hudson's in it briefly, pretty sure Annie Potts is in it briefly, Rick Moranis is not in it, but Rick Moranis hasn't done a movie in like 20 years, so, didn't think they were going to get him out of retirement to do this, actually, let me look up Rick Moranis, let's see the last movie Rick Moranis was in, because Rick Moranis, Rick, uh, Rick Moranis had a, quite a run for a little bit there, um, in the late 80s, and early 90s, I feel like. Especially like who, who, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Those all those movies. Obviously, he was in the Ghostbusters movies. He was in Parent Trap. He was in uh, Spaceballs, obviously. Which apparently they're doing another Star Wars. Um, well, I, apparently they're doing another Star Wars spoof movie, but it's it sounds awful. I don't even want to talk about it. So Rick Moranis, the last thing Rick Moranis was in. Uh, he did a TV movie documentary about Bob, Bob and Dog, yeah, Bob, Bob, Bob and Dog, yep, Bob and Dog, 
Bob and Doug McKenzie, uh, 24, 2-4 anniversary, whatever that is, in 2007. He was a voice. He's done a bunch of animated voice stuff. But the last movie he was actually, like, actually in was a movie called Big Bully um, back in 1996. Uh, I kind of remember this movie. It had Tom Arnold in it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was... About a he, I don't know he, I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess Tom Tom Arnold was the bully, and I don't know, I forget exactly. I, I definitely remember seeing it, but again, it came out over twenty years ago. So, yeah, I mean, Merkin Moranis, what happened to you, buddy? Disappeared on us. But he was in Little Giants. He was Barney Rubble in the Flintstones. In My Blue Heaven, Parenthood, like I said, Little Shop of Horrors, remember that movie? And then he just kind of disappeared. Strange Brew, obviously, the Bob McKenzie, McKenzie movies. Um, but yeah, um, he wasn't it. Not that it would have helped. Um, but you had Thor doing Thor things. It's sort of, not, well, not really, not really doing Thor things. Well, sort of doing Thor things. I mean, he became possessed. I don't know, whatever. I don't want to ruin the movie. Um, there's, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, there was some funny bits, and there was definitely some funny references to some of the older movies. Uh, the older older movie. But it just ultimately... This wasn't the same. It's not Ghostbusters. It wasn't Ghostbusters to me. I don't know. It just didn't, didn't do it for me. So, there you go. 38 on my list. Um, now, coming in at 37... Uh, this was a Universal film. Uh, it came out on. Uh, it came out on um, October seventh of last year, uh, being two thousand sixteen. Um, it's forty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, forty eight Metacritic, six point six on the IMDb. A B minus on Cinescore, and it was not. I did not see it in the theaters, um, so it did. Uh, yeah, twenty four million, twenty four point five million opening weekend, seventy five million overall. And it is Girl on the Train. The Girl on the Train. This movie was very interesting, and it didn't. It didn't. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It was a lot more. Um, uh, R-rated than I was expecting. Um, yeah, basically it stars this woman who got divorced from her husband who has a new, um, uh, new wife. And then there's this other woman that lives in this house that she goes by every day when she's on the train and sees her. And then she disappeared, and then a bunch of crazy crap happens, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. But then this girl, everyone thinks this girl is nuts and crazy, and she starts making things, everyone thinks she's making stuff up, and, and but then she's trying to help figure out what happened, but then people are like, why are you trying to do that? Like, you didn't know this person, blah, blah, blah. It all kind of intermingles and combines, and all sorts of craziness happens. It 
wasn't bad. I didn't go into it expecting much, so you know it's not too far down on my list um, because of that. I mean, it could have been farther down, I guess, if I had any expectations for this movie at all. Uh, but it, you know, it was you know decent movie to you know pass the time if you're looking for something to watch. But ultimately, I know a lot of people had read the book and were kind of disappointed uh, with it based off of how the book was. I guess I don't know. Like I said, I don't read books, so I have no idea. But, um, you know, it was all right. It wasn't amazing. Um, you know, like I said, I was it, it surprised me a bit with the uh, just the amount of uh, R-rated stuff to go into it. I don't, I don't, you know, I just I just didn't think it was going to be that type of movie, and it was, so there you go. Um, but, yeah, check it out if you want. I don't know. It's nothing amazing, but you got nothing else to watch? Have at it, my friends. Have at it. Um, all right, moving along. We're at the 36, so we're halfway through, or we're about to be halfway through this. Uh, 10. Uh, this one was STX. It came out on uh, April 8th. Uh, did opening weekend of 5.1. Overall, did 9.2, so it wasn't a big hit. Um, 49 on Rotten Tomatoes, 51 on Metacritic, 6.8 on IMDb, C+. On the cinema score, so a lot of people came out of it not loving it. Um, I did not see it in theaters, which... This would have been an interesting one to see in theaters. Uh, it's Hardcore Henry. And, um... So if you're not familiar with this movie, if you don't remember the commercials back in... Whenever, I haven't seen it or whatever. Uh, it's kind of like a video game, first-person-ish type of thing. Uh, this guy wakes up and he's... You know, kind of, he's kind of been mangled in an accident and kind of put back together, sort of as an android person type of thing. So wow, he's got like all these crazy skills and like all these sorts of crazy doodads and whatever because he's like an, you know, whatever. He's got, you know, he's like a robot sort of type of thing. I don't know. Exactly, and but it's all first person, so it's all you're watching it through his perspective, and it can be a little jarring at times because it can get fast and lots of craziness going on. It's very violent um, movie. There's lots of twists and turns. There's lots of action. It's not a very long movie, from what I remember. Um, it's it's definitely an interesting concept, and and having if I if I'd seen it in theaters, and some movie I think would have worked very well in IMAX, but um overall overall it didn't really do that well in the theaters because people were just confused by what it was i think um and you know you know it was definitely marketed i definitely saw a ton of commercials for it but it just, it just didn't have the broad appeal of 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 what um you know what it could have i guess um you know it, it was an interesting concept it was cool to check out it was just the movie itself wasn't all that great and, uh, you know, the gimmick of the first person thing kind of loses its, um, appeal, I guess, and, you know, after a while, especially since you're not the one in control. Like, if you're playing a video game, especially with, like, the VR stuff now, if you're playing, you're you're the one in control. You're the one dictating where you're going and what you're doing in video games and stuff like that. So if you're the first person, it kind of makes sense. But if you're watching a movie and it's a first person movie, it's just kind of like, oh, what's going on here, you know? I don't know. It just it just seemed it seemed a little maybe ahead of its time. I feel like the maybe the technology isn't quite there yet for this. 
Whereas five years down the line, maybe if people are seeing if VR catches on more, this becomes like is this, this was like a VR movie that you experienced like, you know, with that it could have been cooler and probably would have done better. Um, but right now that's still kind of a niche uh, genre at this point. I mean, I know the HTC Vive and Samsung VR gear and and there's the um, obviously the PlayStation VR now. And there's the Oculus one. There's another one, the Oculus. They're they're catching on, getting more popular, but they're not there yet. They're not there yet. So, you know, this is an interesting concept, and it was a nice nice try. But if the movie itself was better, I think it would have done better. And um, if that technology and and kind of, like, mainstream for that sort of thing has caught caught on more to to that degree, it I don't know if I say it has, but it could. Um, this this could this could have been better. Um, I guess is my overall point. I with rambling on with all my uh, stupidness. Um, yeah, I guess that's my point. It could have been better. Um, and given a certain time, it, it might have been. But uh, for right now, it's too new. I think. It, but you know, whatever. It, if you get a chance to check it out. Um, if you, I mean, I feel like this is another one of those movies I feel like might have... And I, I didn't really hear too much about it because, again, not a lot of people went to go see it. It didn't do that well in the box office. It's only $9 million, million made. Um, but definitely watching it, I could I could see how if people went to go see it, they could get that nauseous feeling like a lot of people got with Blair Witch and Cloverfield. If you guys remember back when those movies came out, because those movies were obviously very popular and made a lot of money... But because of the handheld type of action with the camera jiggling around, pe- people got motion sickness. And it's very similar with, with this movie, the first person aspect. I could see a lot of people going to see this movie and get motion sickness. The thing is, not a lot of people went to go see the movie, so it wasn't, never became an issue that, as far as I know. Um, but I, I'm guessing it probably would have for some people. Um, but alright, that's enough about Hardcore Henry. Uh, moving on, uh, this next movie... Uh, this next movie is an interesting one because it was designed just to be a made for made for a straight to DVD movie, and uh, but eventually they decided to release it for one day. I think it was just released one day on July twenty fifth uh, in the summer. Fifty um, percent on IMDb. Metacritic didn't bother to review it. Um, uh, Cinescore didn't review it. It was one day. It's in limited release. 6.5 on IMDb. I did not see it in the theater. It made $3.775 million at the box office. It's a Warner Brothers film. Wait, is this Warner Brothers? I put down Warner Brothers because it's Batman the Killing Joke, but I don't know if it actually was Warner Brothers. I don't know. Whatever. It's Batman the Killing Joke. Whoever did it. I think Warner Brothers ultimately distributed it. I don't know. I don't think the Warner Brothers Studios necessarily had anything to do with it. It's probably the animated DC whatever. But Batman the Killing Joke, which is one of the more popular comic book uh, comic books of um, or, you know, and, and this is where they draw the line a little bit because you know, it's Batman's obviously a comic and they do Batman comic books, but the Killing Joke is more of a graphic novel based off of Batman. It was a very popular book. Um, came out, I think, in the mid '80s. I want to say uh, it's it very one of the most popular Batman storylines there is. Uh, they finally put it 
on screen in an animated fashion. Uh, Mark Hamill is back to the voice for the Joker, who plays obviously a key part to this um, film. And it's very, it was R-rated, R-rated Batman, which is very, you know, that, I mean, I guess that's my point with the, the graphic novel type of uh, thing that it was, as opposed to the comic, is it wasn't meant for kids. It was definitely an R-rated. It dealt, definitely dealt with a lot of, um, you know, uh, extreme violent um, and uh, actions. Let's just go with that. Uh, people die. People die. Things happen. Stuff happens. Uh, yeah, people get crippled, people die, stuff goes nuts. Um, yeah, it was pretty good, but, you know, given the hype that, that Killing Joke has gotten over the years, I, it, it could have been better. It could have been a lot better. Um, but it wasn't bad. You know, it's Batman. You know, the, the Batman's all over the place these days, you know. Some good, some bad, some in the middle. Uh, this one's wasn't great. But um, some of the other uh, animated Batman movies that have come out over the years, like the Dark Knight Returns uh, two-parter, that's pretty good. There's a couple others that there a bunch of them were on HBO on demand. They still might be, so go check them out while they're still there. Um, they had a ton of the Batman stuff on uh, on demand, um, uh, especially when Batman vs Superman came on HBO, they put like a ton of Batman stuff up on there, so if you're into Batman, go check it out, um, there's another Batman movie out right now, it's a Lego Batman movie, but we'll talk about that next year, on next year's list, I have seen it, so far that's number one on my 2017 list, because that's the only movie I've seen, uh, but, uh, it, it was definitely good, but we're not talking about that yet, we're talking about Batman the Killing Joke, um, yeah, check it out. It's on demand. It's not a very long movie. Um, it's like an hour and 15 minutes at most, I think. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's fun to hear Mark Hamill as the Joker again. You know, if you, if you guys were a fan of the original animated Batman series back in the early nineties, early mid nineties, um, Mark Hamill played the Joker in that and Mark Hamill has done the Joker in most of the Arkham games. He wasn't the Joker in Arkham Origins for some reason. And Kevin Conroy wasn't the Joker in that either. For, I mean, uh, the Batman in that one either, for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, but they're both in this one. They're both in The Killing Joke, so go check it out. And obviously they're in the animated series too. Um, so it's always cool to hear those voices, you know. Um, continuity-wise, it's fun. Uh, speaking, speaking, cause speaking of continuity-wise, I mean, obviously Ben Affleck played uh, the Batman played Batman in uh, Batman vs. Superman and also in Suicide Squad and he's going to be in the Justice League but now they're talking about maybe he doesn't want to do the Batman anymore which originally he was supposed to write, direct and star in and then he said that he wasn't going to direct it and now he's not writing it and there's some questionability of whether he's actually going to end up starring in it but that's a movie for another time because it's not scheduled to come out for a couple more years I don't think anyways if it ends up happening then or who's in it i mean bottom line is they're gonna make another batman movie i mean there's just, there's no way sh- shape or form batman's just done similar to spider-man they'll revamp it somehow somehow some way whether it's animated or lego f- form it's gonna happen so 
All right, so that was number 35. And so I'm moving on to number 34. Um, this is a Universal film. It came out another summer non-blockbuster, I guess. I mean, like, that's what I said. I, there weren't a lot of blockbusters this summer. Some bad movies. Um, this one came out July 14th. Uh, did 52 IMDb. No, 52 on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, no, sorry, 62 on Rotten Tomatoes. 58 uh, Metacritic, 5.8 IMDb, got a B on CineScore, not seen in the theaters, it made 21.7 opening weekend and 55.3 overall, and it is Neighbors 2 Sorority, sorority Rising. <sighs> Neighbors, the original Neighbors was good, I liked it. Um, this movie's basically the same movie, except it's a sorority instead of a fraternity. Uh, which, again, like I said before, sometimes that concept works um, if you kind of just do the same thing over again. Other times, people get bored with it. You know, Hangover, good example. Hangover 2 did very well. It wasn't a great movie, because it was basically the same as the first movie. But people were okay with that when they went to go see it. But then they did Hangover 3, and they kind of changed up the routine a little bit, and people didn't really like it. I got Neighbors 2. Pretty much the same as Neighbors 1. Um, but people didn't really care. They're like, we already saw this last year, or two years ago, whenever it came out. We don't need to see it again. Sorority, fraternity, blah, 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 who cares. Um, yeah, another um, Zac Efron movie, by the way. I mentioned him in the last episode. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. I don't know. There was some funny bits in it, but I feel like a lot of the funny stuff was referencing the stuff that was funnier in the first one than actually in this one. So, ultimately, just go watch Neighbors if you really want to. Neighbors 2 doesn't really add much more to the to the lore or the story or anything. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so there we go. I got nothing more else to say about that. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, again, you know, I mean... I didn't have, my hopes weren't like super high on this one, just based off the fact that it was, you can kind of tell from just, you know, the name of it, Sorority Rising, okay, and definitely the the trailer and whatever. Oh, so instead of Fraternity Next Door, it's a sorority and it's the same thing. Whatever. Okay. Um, so that was 34. Moving on to 33. Now, this is an interesting concept, and it's similar to one I already talked about. Um, although, this one's a little different. It's, it's, it's a little different, but we'll get into that. So, this one was a Netflix, straight to Netflix. It was Judd, Judd Apatow. I don't know who actually distributed it. Well, Netflix did, but Judd, Judd Apatow uh, helped produce this. And um, obviously, it wasn't in theaters, so it didn't make any money. In terms of that, uh, it was released on Netflix on uh, March 18th. Uh, it got 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I feel like, and I'll say this straight up, with the Rotten Tomatoes, with the Netflix films, um, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of the critics don't necessarily review these right away. Like the same way they would for movies and theaters, or just not at all. So these numbers tend to skew a bit higher than I think or lower, depending on how the movie is, depending on who's actually going and reviewing this. Because 
you know, I don't think just your general normal out of the ordinary like guy that's reviewing every movie might necessarily not bother with this because it's a Netflix movie as opposed to if it had been in theaters. So this gets 82. Metacritic 63, so that one's a little bit more realistic. Uh, and IMDb was 6.3, so they're on the same board. It didn't cinema, uh, Cinescore didn't do it because it wasn't in theaters, and um, I obviously didn't see it in theaters because it wasn't in theaters. But this this was uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Now, I know there was Big Top Pee Wee, but let's let's ignore Big Top Pee Wee for now, and let's ignore Pee Wee's Big. Uh, sorry, not Pee Wee's Pee Wee's Playhouse. And let's just look at this straight off as a sequel to Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It is very much in line with that. It's a very similar movie in that he travels across the country to do something. First one was to get the bike, his bike back. This one's go see Joe Maglianello's birthday party or something. It's it's a bit odd the storyline with that. He's got this man crush on Joe Magnielello. I don't know how to say his name. A dude from True Blood. He's married to Sofia Vergara. Um, whatever his name is, um, him, who plays himself, he's just him, he's not, he's not a character, he's just himself, and then there's this weird, like, bromance between them for whatever reason, and, yeah, they, he travels to go to his party or something, yeah, I mean, it's basically a lot of the same, you know, they hit a lot of the same, um, you know, kind of plot points they do in, in Big, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, you know, um, yeah, just traveling across, running into these unique characters and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's member berries is what it is, you know. But for whatever reason, this was better than Zoolander. I mean, it's not amazing. It was, I have it on 33. I mean, it's nowhere near where Big Pee-wee's Big Adventure was. But it's the sign of the times. Pee-wee's Big Adventure came out in kind of the perfect time period for that movie. Whereas this is just, eh, it's been 30 years Let's do another Pee Wee movie, you know. But it's fun. It's fun for what it is. If you've got Netflix, go check it out if you're a fan of Pee Wee Herman. If you're not a fan of Pee Wee Herman, I don't wouldn't totally recommend it because it's a Pee Wee Herman movie. Um, it doesn't really change all that much. He's still Pee Wee Herman. Um, but yeah, but Pee Wee's Big Adventure was such a classic. This one, not so much. But it's fun. So yeah, go check it out if you uh, have Netflix. And uh, have nothing else to watch on Netflix. I'm sh- but that's a, kind of a hard thing to say because there's a lot of stuff on Netflix. But if you're looking for a movie on Netflix, there's not a ton of movies on Netflix anymore. A lot of TV shows, though. Um, all right. So moving along, um, I guess we're at 32 and we're back to Netflix. Um, so this is a Bloomhouse. Uh, they produced this one. It was on Netflix. It got released a couple weeks after Pee Wee did, 4 8. Uh, 94% on, on Rotten Tomatoes, and again, this, at one point this was at 100, like a few, like a month ago, so obviously people keep checking it out a little bit, and it's gone down to 94, which to me is ridiculous, um, well, it was ridiculous as 100%, but now it's 94, at least it's, you know, in a reasonable, um, um, I don't know. Anyway, it's got 67 on uh, Metacritic, 6.6 on IMDb. It uh, Cinescore didn't score it because it wasn't in theaters because it's Netflix. And I obviously didn't see it in theaters because, again, it's Netflix. And this is Hush. This one, I... 
it's an interesting concept. I'll give it that. This woman who's a writer goes up to this cabin in the woods. Yeah, typical. Yeah, you know, it starts off your very typical uh, horror movie, but she's deaf. So when this guy comes to attack her, she can't hear him knocking on the door or trying to creep her out or whatever, and it just leads to this weird story of you know she doesn't she can't hear anything and the guy is just walking around and and whatever i don't know it's just it's a very it wasn't very original in terms of the actual horror part of it i mean yes that's a real idea that she's deaf i guess but it's like is that more scary or less scary like for her she doesn't know she can't hear can't hear someone breaking the glass like Oh, someone's at the door. Like, someone knocking the door down. Like, she can't hear it. It's like, so, what does she care? I mean, yes, then there's a person in front of her in her house and trying to kill her. Yeah, okay, I get that. But that's going to happen regardless of whether she's deaf or not. Um, it's, I don't know, it's a weird... I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I thought, you know, I thought it was very... It was, you know... Very the strangers, but just... She's deaf. Like, what... Like... Really? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, some people seem to really like it. Obviously, it's got 9.4, but uh, or 94 on Rotten Tomatoes. So, I mean, if you got Netflix, check it out. I just um, didn't love it. Obviously, I thought it was all right since it's number 32 on my list. It's not like it's 50. Um, but, no, I thought I thought a lot of people were talking about this hyping up over, the, over you know, the summer or the spring or whatever it came out talking about oh you gotta go see hush gotta see hush gotta see hush it's it's cool and like there's a lot of ads and stuff for it kind of making it seem like it was the best horror movie of the year and i just didn't i didn't love it it was all right but i don't know the concept of the movie itself just seemed a little played out they just added the fact that she was deaf to change it up from your run-of-the-mill horror movie um all right and speaking of run-of-the-mill horror movies actually this i don't know if this one's run-of-the-mill i don't know if it qualifies run-of-the-mill but this was another one of those horror movies that got hyped a lot people were saying a lot of things about it you know it wasn't you know necessarily didn't do great in theaters you know uh money-wise but it was one of those critically acclaimed like you have to see this horror movie type of thing you know, a lot of people were comparing it to It Follows, which It Follows was really good. This one, not so much. And uh, it's coming in at number 31, and it is The Witch. And it, uh, A24 uh, was the studio, uh, did 8.8 opening weekend, which was uh, February 19th. Uh, it did $25 million overall, 91 on Rotten Tomatoes, 83 on Metacritic. See, like, the critics loved it. 6.8 on IMDb, uh, so the fans didn't love it as much. And it got a C- minus on Cinescore, so that tells you something, right? I did not see it in theaters. Um, the Witch is a very deceiving title. Yes, there are there are witches in it. Um, and ultimately, that's kind of what the story goes with. But that's not really the storyline here. It's about this family... In, I don't know, 1700s, 1800s, I don't know when it's supposed to be. 1700s, I guess? I don't know, I'm not sure. In some sort of rural Massachusetts town, I think, or 
somewhere in, in uh, New England. I think it's supposed to be New England. I haven't seen this one. It's been a while since I started, so I don't remember exactly. But basically, there's this family, and a bunch of weird stuff kind of starts happening, and they blame it all on the daughter, and the kids are, like, the younger kids are all freaking out, but they, then it's like, oh, are they really are they really freaking out? Or are they just pretending? And then there's this wood, this kid gets lost in the woods, and then they go to find it, and then a bunch of other stuff, crazy stuff happens. It's very long. Well, not I don't know how long it is, but it's very a lot of there's a lot of nothing happening in this movie. There's a lot of nothing. The the witch. There's not a lot of witches. I don't know. It's a very deceiving title. I feel like the, with the witch. I feel like the witch should have done more, or there should have been more with the witch. I mean, I don't know. It just it didn't. Whereas last year, people. We were talking about It Follows, and eventually I saw that, and it got very good critically critically acclaimed. Again, didn't do much in theaters, but critically acclaimed, and I, and I saw it, and it was great. This one, very disappointed with. I mean, it wasn't terrible, don't get me wrong, I it's number 31 on my list, it's not like it's, you know, with the darkness, and at 48 or whatever, but it, I was just very disappointed with it based off of how it was critically spoken of uh, in comparison to it fall you know p- people are comparing it to follows and stuff and for me it just it didn't it didn't do it didn't it wasn't that great it was okay but it just wasn't that great and i don't know why all these people like loved it so much and um but yeah i mean you know if you want to check it out check it out it's it's a decent movie but it just for me it just it wasn't scary it was just it wasn't scary it was kind of boring at parts deceivingly with the witch but um, all right so that's gonna do it for this episode we're up to number 30 we're gonna start number 30 for the next episode go 30 to 21 Uh, again like always um you know go to the blog razor at razorvader.blogspot.com subscribe on itunes and stitcher you gotta subscribe these 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 episodes will just get right go right onto your device if you subscribe you know so tomorrow's episode when tomorrow's episode comes out will go right into your um uh device you know you, you can either listen to it when it comes out or you can save them all and listen to them as one big long show i don't know whatever you want to do it uh so yeah tomorrow we'll do more up more uh movies um, so yeah, go to iTunes, Stitcher, subscribe, rank, hit me up at Twitter, let me know what you think of my list, at Razor Vader, uh, or you give me your list, tell me your list, or, you know, comment on the blog, or on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, and thanks for listening, and, uh, check you out tomorrow for the next episode, hopefully, as long as everything goes to plan, and, uh, you'll check out my 30 through 21, as we get closer and closer to that number one movie of 2016 what do you think it's gonna be maybe make some guesses i don't know let me know what you think but yeah so we'll catch you next time bye